Hello and welcome to the Renovation Church Podcast, where our vision is to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and change the world. My name is Mason Smith, and I'm the creative director here at Renovation Church. We are so thankful that you're joining this podcast today. We hope that today's message inspires you and draws you closer in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, enjoy the message. Well, hey, good morning and happy Easter. We're so honored that you are with us this morning, whether that is through social media or YouTube channel or even listening to a podcast. It's an honor to be able to celebrate Jesus Christ, our risen Savior, with you today on Easter Sunday. For those of you who are tuning in for the first time, my name is Kyle, and I'm one of the pastors here at Renovation Church in St. Joseph, Missouri. Today, we are joining together with millions, maybe even billions of people as we celebrate Easter Sunday. In fact, I I know that right now none of us uh, are gathering together like we hoped we would, But as Chelsea mentioned a little bit ago, God still has a plan in all of this. In fact, you're sitting at home right now or you're watching from your job or in your car. And and right now, I think God has really placed you where you are for a specific reason. Because maybe for you, Easter Sunday has always been crazy and hectic and chaotic. And and you're going to church and you're trying to do the eggs and you're trying to get lunch cooked and, and go to all your family's house. But now we have an opportunity to just slow down and pause and really reflect on what this day means. Because there is something that is still true. No matter what happens in this world, Jesus Christ still has conquered sin and death so that you and I could be forgiven of our sins and restored to the Father. And that is certainly still good news today. Hey, if you're joining with us for the first time, we are in a sermon series called Famous Last Words, where we are looking at four of the final seven things that Jesus spoke while on the cross. And today on Easter Sunday, we're going to be in John chapter 19. Here are some of the famous last words of Jesus from the cross. These are some of the greatest words that have ever been spoken. John chapter 19, starting in verse 28. If you have your Bible, you can follow along with us. Jesus knew that his mission was now finished. And to fulfill scripture, he said, I am thirsty. A jar of sour wine was sitting there. So they soaked a sponge in it, put it in a hyssop branch, and held it up to his lips. And when Jesus had tasted it, he said, it is finished. And then he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. These are, without a doubt, the greatest words that have ever been spoken. When Jesus said, it is finished, what he actually said while on the cross in that day was he spoke one word that was packed with meaning, one Greek word. He said the word, to telestai, to telestai. And that word means to complete, to discharge a debt, to execute, or to end So as he is hanging on the cross, and it looks like he has been defeated, he throws out this word of victory and says, Tetelestai, it is finished. And this one word completely changed the world. If you were to use that word today, Tetelestai, you would use it to say what great feat you had accomplished. You would use that to say, "I I climbed Mount Everest. 
I finally turned in my dissertation. I made the last payment on my car. I finished the marathon that I have been training for. It means it is finished. I have finished the work. The term to telestai is actually a really unique word. It was used in a form called the perfect tense, which means it speaks of an action completed in the past that have results continuing on into the future. So past tense would be like this happened, but perfect tense would say this happened and it is still in effect today. So when Jesus said this from the cross, he was saying that your sins and my sins and the sins of every person who has ever walked the earth or will walk the earth, all of our sins have been dealt with, past, present, and future, because of what he had just done in this moment to tell us die. Jesus was saying, it is finished in the past, it is finished in the present, and that it is even finished into the future That means that the sins that you committed when you were a kid, those sins have been dealt with. That even means that all of those stupid things that you did when you were a teenager that you hope that nobody knows about, all of those things have been dealt with as well. Even the mistakes that you make today, those sins have been dealt with. The mistakes you make next year or next decade or at the end of your life, everything has been taken care of by what Jesus did on the cross. While he was hanging there, the sins of every person who has ever lived came upon Jesus in wave after wave after wave while he was hanging on the cross. And he was at that moment separated from God the Father for the first time in all of eternity. And when he had finally taken all the sins of the entire world upon him, he said, to tell us die, it is finished. This wasn't a moment of mourning. This wasn't a a, a moment of defeat. This was his victory cry. This was the greatest word from the greatest man that has ever been spoken on the greatest day of history that has ever happened on our planet. This word that Jesus chose to say at that moment had a lot of different meanings. The word tetelestai was actually used in four different ways in that time and in that culture. The first thing it meant was it meant the work is done. The work is done. It was used by, normally by a servant when they would go back to their master and they would tell their master, they would say, Tetelestai, the work that you've assigned to me is finished. I have finished the project that you assigned for me to do. So Jesus, as he hung on the cross, he said to his father as a servant to his master, Tetelestai, It is finished. I have finished the project that you assigned to me. I have finished the work that you sent for me to do. See, we celebrate Jesus and his his day of birth on Christmas Day. But the reality is, even before Jesus was born here physically on this earth, Jesus was with God in the very beginning. Jesus has always existed. In John chapter 1, it says that the word, that's Jesus, he became flesh and he dwelt among us. The cross is the reason that Jesus came. Now, Jesus did a lot of incredible things throughout his life. I mean, just read through the Gospels, and and you're going to read all these amazing things Jesus did. Jesus went around, and and he healed people. Jesus went around, and and he taught people. He went around, and he he cast out demons, and, and he healed the sick, and he performed miracles. 
But he was sent by God to do a very specific mission. He had a cosmic purpose. He had a divine task. God sent Jesus for you to restore your broken relationship with God the Father. That's why he came. He had to do this because 6,000 years ago, God created the heavens and God created the earth. And God at that time created people in his own image. And the first two people, their names were Adam and Eve. And during that time, Adam and Eve would walk through the garden with God and just had this perfect relationship with him until one day man chose to sin against God. And since that moment, God had a motion set in place that would one day restore what we thought that we had lost. In fact, Paul tells us in Colossians chapter 1, verses 12 through 14, he says, He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and has transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and who forgave our sins. That's why Jesus said it is finished because he had finished his mission of saving mankind from sin. On the cross, Jesus finished all of the work so that you would have to do none of the work. Jesus finished all of the work so that you would have to do none of the work. That is the good news right there. The good news is that you don't have to do any of the work because on your own, it would be impossible for you to work your way into God's favor by doing more, by being better, by trying to do better with your life. You can't do it. And God knows you can't do it. So God sent a solution named Jesus to do just that for you. You don't have that pressure on your life. All you have to do is call on the name of Jesus and you will be saved. That's it. Your only work, your only responsibility, your only job is to believe in Jesus as your Lord, Savior, King, and Messiah. To tell us, die. The project that you have assigned to me is finished. Here's the second thing to tell us, die means it means the debt is paid. It was used to, to discharge a debt. In that time when a merchant would give out a loan or would be owned money, uh, owed money for inventory on, on stock, it, when it was paid off, he would have a stamp that he would press onto the contract that it was on, the parchment paper that, that the contract was on, signifying that it was paid off. And that stamp would say, to Telestai. And it meant the debt has been paid in full. You owe me nothing more. That is exactly what Jesus did for you. Because you had a debt against you that you could never hope or dream of paying off. And it was a debt called sin. And all throughout the Old Testament, people had all kinds of rules and laws and obligations that they would have to do to be made right with God. But the problem is, none of those things lasted. It was this never-ending cycle of trying to, to do things and sacrifice things and accomplish things to temporarily please God. But that cycle was complete when Jesus hung on the cross for you. And because of that, you can stand before God and you can say, to Telestai, the debt is paid. Jesus paid my debt in full. That's what Jesus does for those who place their faith in him. Colossians chapter 2 verse 14 says it like this. It says, he erased the certificate of debt with its obligations that was against us and was opposed to us, and he has taken it away by nailing it to the cross. 
when you give your life to Christ, he places an eternal stamp on you that declares that your debt has been paid in full. And one day when you stand before God and he says, why should I let you into my kingdom? You won't say, because I went to church. Because I went on a mission trip. Because I tried to do as much good as I possibly could with my life. Because those things don't save you. Those things don't make you right with God. When you stand before God and he asks, why should I let you into my kingdom? You'll say, because Jesus paid the certificate of debt that was on my life. That's what Jesus did for me. I have an eternal stamp upon my soul that says that my debt has been paid in full. And that is good for all eternity. And one of my favorite, favorite songs is a, it's a hymn that was written back in 1865 by a 45-year-old widow. I love a lot of the new songs we sing today, but man, my favorite comes from this lady. And she was sitting in church one day, and the pastor was preaching a sermon. And apparently it wasn't real good because the story says that she began to daydream and, and drift off a little bit as he was preaching. And as she did, though, she started reflecting to what Jesus had done for her on the cross she started thinking about the word to telestai that Jesus spoke and, and what he meant when he said, it is finished. And as she sat there, she, she wrote this poem that would later be put to music. And here's what she wrote. She wrote, I hear the Savior say, thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thine all in all. She wrote, Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, but he washed me white as snow. Jesus paid the debt that you could never pay so that you could receive the life that you could never earn. That right there, that is the gospel. That is the good news. What else does Tetelestai mean? Here's the third thing. Tetelestai means the sacrifice is perfect. The sacrifice is perfect. Since the beginning of time until Jesus, the way that you paid the debt for your sin was by sacrificing an animal. And, and there was a lot of different sacrifices and, and things that you had to do back then. But usually, you would go to the temple and you would offer what you could. But a lamb was considered to be one of the best sacrifices because they were worth the most. So they would bring the lamb and they'd bring it into the temple and they'd bring it before for, for the priest and he would examine the animal and if it didn't have any blemish and, and if it was perfect, the priest would declare to Telestai saying, this animal is worthy to be sacrificed. This animal is perfect. Now the problem was that sacrifice only lasted for a year and then you'd have to go back the next year on the same day and you'd have to do another sacrifice every year at the same time. See, the forgiveness of sins has always demanded a sacrifice. And that's what Jesus was to you. When Jesus came, he once and for all fulfilled all sacrifices. A sacrifice still had to be made to pay for your sins, but Jesus was the perfect sacrifice for you. Jesus lived the perfect life that you could never even hope of living. See, Jesus never sinned. Jesus never messed up. Jesus never said a bad word when he stubbed his toe. He never had an impure thought. He was perfect in every single way. He was the perfect lamb. He was the perfect sacrifice that would once and for all pay the debt of sin. 
Jesus was the sacrifice that would end all sacrifices. And what he accomplished on the cross was powerful enough to cover every person, every sin throughout all of time, even yours. Hebrews chapter 9 says this, For Christ did not enter a sanctuary made with hands, only a model of the true one, but into heaven itself, so that he might now appear in the presence of God for us. He did not do this to offer himself many times as the high priest enters the sanctuary yearly with the blood of another. Otherwise, he would have had to suffer many times since the foundation of the world. But now he has appeared one time at the end of the ages for the removal of sin by the sacrifice of himself. And just as it is appointed for people to die once and after this judgment, so also Christ Having been offered once to bear the sins of many, he will appear a second time, not to bear sin, but to bring salvation to those who are waiting for him. What that means for us today is that you don't need a sacrifice. You need a savior. You you don't need a sacrifice to just temporarily make God okay with you. You need a savior who can save you from your sins. That's all you need. It's not not Jesus plus church attendance. It's it's not Jesus plus good works. It's not Jesus plus morality. It's not Jesus plus anything else. It's just Jesus. You don't need to do anything else except to trust in what Jesus has already done. You just need the Savior. But there's a fourth and final thing that the word tetelestai means. The word tetelestai means the new has come. The new has come. When Jesus said tetelestai from the cross, he was saying that at this moment, a new age has officially begun. When he said it is finished, he was saying that this moment was the turning point in the entire history of mankind. Because at that moment, the old covenant had passed away and a new covenant had begun The cross is the great divide in human history. Because in the old covenant, you had to earn your righteousness. But now, if you believe in Jesus, it's your believing that makes you righteous, not your good works. Everything that Jesus came to fulfill at this moment was finished. The justice of God had been fully met and satisfied by what Jesus had done. And when this happened, it rocked the earth. In fact, Matthew chapter 27 describes it like this. It says, at that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split apart, and tombs opened, and the bodies of many godly men and women who had died were raised from the dead. Now, maybe you're thinking, well, yeah, that's just, you know, that's a Tuesday here in the world we live in that's seeming to go crazy. I'm telling you, the world has never seen anything like this. This has never happened before. What happened when Jesus said this word shook the earth to its core and is still shaking it today? Here's why this is such a big deal. So in those times, the temple had a curtain that was always up, and behind that was a place called the Holy of Holies. And only certain people were allowed to go to that place at at any given time 
but only once a year. But when Jesus gave up his life and that curtain was split into from top to bottom, what that was symbolizing that it wasn't just a few now that had access to God at a certain time, but it was showing that now every person has access to God at any time. And it's because of that moment that you and I can come to God, our Father, and that we can have access to him and we can have this relationship with him. Jesus finished all that needed to be done in order to secure our salvation. What did Jesus do at this moment? Jesus chose death so that you could choose life. Jesus chose death so that you could choose life. Now, I know this series is called Famous Last Words, but in in, in all truth, these really aren't the last words of Jesus. Because the good news isn't that Jesus died The good news is that Jesus rose again. And in this moment, it is finished. But listen to me, it isn't over. Because three days later, after he said this, Jesus would raise again from the dead, defeating once and for all sin and death and the devil for you and for me so that we could have true, abundant life. That is the message of Easter Sunday. That is the gospel. That is the good news. It is finished, but it is not over. Jesus changed the world at that moment. What Jesus did in that moment, it is still changing the world today. And what Jesus did at that moment, it can still change your world today as well. Today, you can choose life by choosing to place your trust in your faith in Jesus. Jesus finished all of the work so that you would have to do none of the work. All you need to do to him is to call out and to ask him to forgive you of your sins. And he is faithful and he will hear you. He will forgive you and he will save you. Don't let this Easter be like every other Easter. Don't get so caught up in in everything that's going on around you. Don't be so caught up in fear and worry and anxiety and depression that you miss the greatest news, the greatest story, the greatest words that have ever been spoken on this earth. It is finished. Would you pray with me? Jesus, today, we're so thankful that we find life in you and you alone. And Father, the joy that we have in our life, Lord, that can't be taken away by anything that is happening in the world right now. We have a joy that we can hold on to. We have a faith that is secure because of what you accomplished when you said it is finished. So thank you, Father, for finishing and defeating sin and death so that we could have true life. God, I pray for it. For anybody that's tuned in and watching or listening today, Lord, maybe they have always just been so distracted and they've never had time. They've always been too busy to really think about what you did for them. Today, I pray that they would slow down, that they would hear your words, and God, that they would ask you to forgive them. Thank you, Father. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Thank you for listening to the Renovation Church Podcast. If you'd like to support Renovation and our ministries, then head over to renovatethecity.com give. 
It's because of your faithful and consistent generosity that we're able to continue ministries like this all across the world. If you'd like to learn more about renovation and our ministries, then head over to renovatethecity.com. If you enjoyed today's message, then we'd encourage you to share it with family and friends. Thank you again for joining us and God bless.